Hi, Alex. It's Lexi again, calling from Interlodge at Alta. It's 10.45 p.m., and that means we're pretty much at 48 hours now. I think it's safe to say we'll eclipse that 52-hour record set in February of 2020. Not going to be all snow. A wintry mix is forecast for the listening area. Alex Kaufman, Wintry Mix, Episode 90. We find ourselves at Volume 3 of Riding the Voicemail until the end of the plague because befriending strangers is super hard to do now. Slowly and painfully, y'all are remembering how to leave a voicemail. Stop texting. We want to hear you. 802-560-5003. Something you dig and something you don't. Or some advice, or a prediction, or a trip recap, or live from traffic, chairlift, skin track, or operate parking lot. And it doesn't have to be about skiing or COVID. It just has to matter to you. Once we get a dozen or so freshies, I'll drop volume four for you. It goes straight to the voicemail. It's not like I'm answering it first. Just call it and put us in your boots. And if you screw up, just try again. 802-560-5003. It's also always on the Twitter and Gram bios for you forgetful types. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Wintry Mixcast for America's slowest powder skiing because Denver requires compromises and questionable parenting. Twitter at Wintry Mixcast is more for the jokes and reminders of what the voicemail number is. 802-560-5003. My email is alex at wintrymixcast.com if you want to say hello or send in a voice note instead of calling the voicemail. Uh, five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts are the best. 264 or so of you have done your job. The rest of you, you'll just be one day older when you do. Our glance into the archive will notice number 69, live from Schweitzer in Idaho, 66 with a backcountry skiing Vermont farmer, 55 with a snowboarding ghost hunting mother from Stowe, and more recently 78 all about the horrid realities of Interstate 70. Episode 82 was about a year ago just before COVID smashed things, live from a climate seminar at Sugarbush, and in the immediate rear view 88 and 89 were the prior call-in episodes. Wintry Mix is skiing's variety show since 2015. Scroll it deep. And as was the case in episode 89, I'll burrow the sponsor stuff into the episode so we can start right away. Dropping. All right, we finally got some good progress from folks calling during the ski experience, or at least waiting for the ski experience. And we're going to start and then return to, and then return to uh, Alta Interlodge throughout the episode. So we better get going. Hi, Wintery Mix. Someone on Twitter just told me to call this number. I thought it was for a good time, but it looks like I'm just leaving messages. I'm on hour 42 of Interlodge. Um, I'm at Alta Ski Area. All bundled up inside employee housing beneath the Wildcat chairlift. I think the storm totals 
across 50 inches now. Uh, I got here on Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. I took a couple of runs. I knew I was going to get interlodged. I did that on purpose. My uh, partner is a patroller here at Alta Ski Area, and I, I knew that there's snow was coming, and I just didn't think it would last two days. Uh, there's no estimated time of reopening for the highway. We've had historic avalanches slide across the road on numerous occasions. Um, so I'm just I'm waiting it out. I came up here because I wanted to be a country clubber. And you might ask yourself, what's a country clubber? And that is when the road is closed, but the resort is open. And I, I thought maybe that would be like a half-day endeavor, but I'm now crossing into hour 42. We may very well best the 52-hour interlodge of February 6th, 2020. I think it's going to happen. I'll update you when I have more information or when we cross that momentous moment, which I think would probably be, yeah, in the middle of the night somewhere. So maybe I'll give you a call in the morning when we're still interlodged. Ciao. We will hear more from interlodged Lexi throughout the episode, but right now let's pop east over to Colorado. What's going on? Uh, Keenan checking in from the steamboat gondola here. Thursday morning, February, snowing good. Uh, quite the line out there today, 30 minute long or so. Um, and I uh, just got a bone to pick with Steamboat. I think it's been an irresponsible management of what's going on with the COVID situation and booking, uh, booking reservations. So I think they need to go ahead and figure something out to control how many people are up here. Um, just given that all the other resorts are doing a reservation system. So let's figure something out here. But digging the snow, let's get it. Hope everyone has a good weekend out there. Um, I know Alex will be out in Foothills, so hopefully you get some good turns. Cheers. I really can't say if I lived in Steamboat at the moment, if I would want reservations or if I would want them to not put them in just because it was really busy a handful of times. Um, Maybe a be careful what you wish for situation. I don't know. Let's bounce east. Hey, AK, it's Isaac G. in the Welsh, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, that would be. God save it. Checking in actually today from the parking lot at Mount Sunapee because I am trapped in epic land for this season. And just in case anybody was wondering, this is one of the good experiences we're having on the East Coast with Bale. Uh, can't say the same for some of its other New Hampshire holdings. But anyway. What do we dig? We dig the small hills this year. Wachusett is killing it for everybody in greater Boston. They are doing everything right, setting up heated seats outside, outdoor takeout windows, all kinds of great stuff, windshields for the wind coming down the mountain, night skiing, keeping people separated. They're doing everything right, and they are creating the next generation of skiers and riders all over the place. So everyone from big ski company to big ski company should thank the Wachusets of the world for making it happen for them in the future. We dig the collaborative COVID vibe in the parking lots here. Nice day out here today for a change, not super cold. Um, you know, the tailgates are rolling pretty good. Uh, everybody's in a jovial mood here, having a good time, so that's nice. Uh, the tailgating scene is something new. We don't usually do that much up here, although I did see a guy up in Pinkham Notch and one one above in the 30-mile-an-hour wind sitting out in his chair greeting everybody at the end of the day at Wildcat a couple of weeks ago. So that's that's how we do it in New England. What don't we dig? We don't dig homogenization. 
these waffle cabins, the same crap everywhere. Terrible, terrible, terrible. The old, the old waffle shop at Pico was where it was at. One of my aunts may or may not have had something to do with that shop, but yeah, circular Belgian waffles, not the scrap that comes out of a box and gets spread on that. That's, that's no good. People not getting out of the way when you're telling little kids, you know, we're going uphill here. I got a broken wrist right now. Pulling the kid along with me, and I got a group of people standing right in the only spot that I need to get through to get to the line. So, you know, we hate those people. What don't we like? We don't like destroying a newish-to-me car uh, with the mobile base launch concept this year. But, you know, whatever it takes to do some skiing and riding. Uh, hey, on the line here, guys, with the Wintry Mix podcast, you know, AK, not going to be all snow. You guys have anything to say about that? No. Nope. Sorry about that. We tried. Anyway, keep it real on the foothills. Hope it's going to start snowing soon there. We're, uh, we're in the goods out here now for a change and hoping, uh, hoping for the big dump next weekend up in the, uh, the NK. So talk to you later. Keep up the good work, man. Thanks. New Hampshire for Hampshire. Thank you, Isaac. Let's bounce north of the border. Chris was a little grumpy last time we heard from her, I think. Hey, this is Chris from uh, up near Banff, and I'm not nearly as angry as last time I called. Sorry about that, everyone. So something I'm really digging right now is the appointment of Deb Haland to the um, Ministry of the Interior. She's an enrolled member of an Indigenous tribe and, like, very aware of Indigenous concerns in outdoor spaces. She is a supporter of the Green New Deal and the 30 by 30 project and all just very fabulous things. And something that I'm not so much digging is that the Premier of Alberta secretly signed away leases for mountaintop removal in the eastern slopes of the Rocky Mountains with no public engagement whatsoever. So if you're listening from Alberta or Saskatchewan or Idaho or Montana um, and you dig the Rocky Mountain tops just the way they are, give the Alberta Premier a call and let them know. Chris, you are good at this. You pick up the phone. You tell us what's on your mind. That's all we ask. Let's head to Snoqualmie. Hey, Kay, what's up? If Powell figured I would give you a call, I was going to do it from the summit at Snoqualmie, but it was absolutely pissing rain there. It was hot, pal, all morning, and uh, just a miserable day all around. I'm glad we went up, but it was one of those days where it seemed like at any cat track that you're on, it seemed like there'd be a family of 15 people just blocking the whole way around. You couldn't get anywhere on the mountain. It was one of those days, so we headed out early. And, yeah, one of my most miserable ski days of the year, but still way better than sitting at home on the couch. And I am calling you because why not? I'm about to open a 10-barrel, and I know that is a sponsor of yours as well, so I might as well cheers to you. I've got a profuse juice here that I will drink. I'm not going to slam it like I usually do because I can put these beers down pretty fast. But I'm going to have a nice big sip. And cheers to you, buddy. I miss seeing you. I think we were on episode 81 together talking about chicken wings, and you like to steal chicken wings and eat them or chicken fingers and eat them at the resort. Well, we can't do that anymore right now, which is upsetting. But what we can do is cheers virtually a nice ice-cold 10-barrel. I'm glad they sponsor you. I'm glad they sponsor me. I miss you, and I love your voice. Adios. Okay, some clarifications. One, I don't steal the chicken wings or the chicken fingers. I recycle them after people have eaten about half of their plate. Number two, 
That was Mike Powell of the Powell Movement Podcast. Number three, we are supported by 10Barrel, 10Barrel.com. And yeah, that was the ad segment. Let's go back to Little Cottonwood Canyon. Hi, Alex. It's Lexi again, calling from Interlodge at Alta. It's 10.45 p.m., and that means we're pretty much at 48 hours now. I think it's safe to say we'll eclipse that 52-hour record set in February of 2020. So that'll happen at some point tonight, wee hours. I had to sneak away to the bathroom because my boyfriend on patrol, Pat Pat, he spent 14 hours in ski boots today and 15 hours in ski boots yesterday. He's really tired. (laughs) So he's definitely sleeping and has been for several hours now. Um, hoping we get to ski tomorrow. The road looks terrible. Highway 210 is a hot mess. We've had historic avalanches uh, crossing the road. I think Lisa Falls slid. That hasn't slid in 50 years. Um, so lots of, lots of sections of the highway are covered in snow, up to eight feet deep in some places. I think this bodes well for country clubbing. Hoping the resort can get open tomorrow before the road. I'll let you know, but I do think it's going to be a little bit tough to sleep tonight. Um, Anyways, sweet dreams from Alta and uh, wishing everybody up here a happy interlodge and good luck to the folks down in the valley. It's going to be a a doozy of a commute tomorrow if they get the road open. I'll, uh, I'll call in later and let you know how it goes. Raise your hand if you've ever driven from Utah to Vermont, mostly on I-80. If you haven't, you're about to. Car Talk, Paul, go. Hey, AK. Paul from Vermont here. Something I dig is uh, every Friday at my new job, the shop buys uh, everybody uh, faux, which is awesome. Always look forward to that, especially on these uh, frigid days. Something I don't dig is people's nasty-ass cars when they're filled with trash, like food scraps and just garbage anywhere. And to compound on that, they park in front of my bay door, so then I have to wait for their lazy asses because they can't walk 10 extra feet blocking my bay door, and I can't do my job. Hope all is well, bro. Finally some snow in New England. Shred that fresh pow. We will keep it in Vermont for another minute. I think this person's in Vermont. I'm not sure. Hey, Alex. I'm going to remain anonymous. But something I have been noticing as the COVID winter continues to roll on is a lot of forums on social media getting a lot of questions from people that maybe have good intentions about their adventures in the outdoors. But what is not necessarily helpful is asking a Facebook group who you don't really know the people, when you have local ski shops and local employees at those ski shops that probably know the territory of which you may want to go into. So asking questions and not necessarily using critical thinking skills is something that I have been not digging. Maybe I just need to not be part of some of these groups because 
it's quite annoying to watch the comment section because some people are getting sarcastic, not great responses from people that are basically making fun of other people. So there, it's getting a bit toxic in my opinion. But go to your local ski shop, bike shop, wherever you have a local outdoor gear shop. Those people are hired to know their stuff typically. So start accessing them instead of Facebook groups. That is all for today. Have a lovely afternoon. All hail General Stark and Mr. Wheeler of episode 69 fame. Kaufman, it's Wheeler. Hey, bud. I am calling from the single chair here at Mad River Glen. It is 923 on Tuesday, February 16th. Uh, I've got like five or six inches of nice creamy sugar, uh, super surfy. Storm kind of turned into more sleet and rain than um, the 8 to 12 that was predicted. But uh, freezing rain, not not straight rain. But um, should get another couple inches tonight, and it's really good right now. But um, I'm calling to talk about corn stalk. Wanted to go over some corn stalk and snow knowledge. Um, ever since I was a kid, I've used corn stalks as a judge for the snow depth, obviously, and how uh, that relates to upper elevations and if the skiing's fully in or not. And on my drive in today, the corn stalks are definitely now covered. Um, pretty much all central and northern Vermont looking good, and it's game on. So I'm just calling to share that little piece of cornstalk um, farm life Vermonter hippie stuff with you. <laughs> so hopefully you have a good winter, man, and uh, hopefully everyone's winter is deep and cornstalk covered. We'll talk to you soon. Later. All right, let's jump to Bojo's. Cody and Allie are going to tell us all about the honey. How many gallons does the honey machine hold in Idaho Springs? There's a honey machine? Yeah, so we have the five-gallon buckets of honey, and they take the lid off, and they put it in this honey machine, and it keeps it nice and warm, so when we go to fill the honey bottles, it makes it a lot easier. I think we can fit two honey buckets in there, so about 10 gallons, maybe a little bit more of honey. Um, I mean, it depends on business, on how often we fill it, but uh, during the summer, maybe twice a day, during the winter, every other day or so, we go through a ton of honey. And that's that's only the honey for uh, customers to put on their pizza. That doesn't include what the honey that we use in our dough as our natural sweetener. Put that honey on your Bojo's Colorado-style pizza at locations in Idaho Springs, Evergreen, Arvada, Longmont, Fort Collins, and Steamboat. Uh, AK, Dan Brown sitting here in southern New England. Zero days on hill, but thinking uh, optimistic about the future. Uh, Thanks for hitting me up on Twitter to let me know to uh, jump on this podcast and check in. Uh, with things I dig and things I don't necessarily dig. Uh, things I dig is this uh, this current format. I uh, just ran through the last two epi- episodes uh, and loving it. Uh, things I don't dig, and that's kind of actually the real reason why I'm calling, is cancer. Cancer sucks. Uh, and as some of your listeners probably know, uh, one in our community uh has kind of discovered how how awful that is um and so i've kind of put together a collection of my favorite 
prints that I've taken as a ski photographer over the past years and posted them to my website uh, with all proceeds going to Soren McFalls and his family uh, as they confront uh, leukemia as a as a little three-year-old rad dude that's obviously going to kick cancer's butt. So uh, I hate self-promoting, but it's for a good cause. I even hate hearing myself talk. Uh, head over to capitalphotography.com. Uh, and there'll be a link to the Soren collection where you can purchase the prints and all the proceeds uh, go to Soren, Shane, and his family. Um, cool. I think I'll leave it right there. All right, two tidbits to close the loop on what Dan was talking about right there. The McFalls family, uh, Shane McFalls is the name you may know from that, from the ski world, uh, behind the lens and the creative force of the traveling circus. Also shot a lot with the meatheads and that whole squad and Dan Brown a uh, long time with line and also with those same crews and capital photography starts with the letter K. Hey, Christy sports. I'm Kaylin and I'm a customer every season. You should be a pod supporter. Hint, hint. I'll trade an easy peasy. Slide into my dad's DMS and make some winter magic without trying very hard. What's a DM. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Hey, Wintry Mix. Uh, this is Chris with Allspeed calling from Timberline Chairlift at Sugarloaf. Uh, not sure if anybody's called from the chairlift yet, but I figured I'd give it a go. Uh, something I dig. Um, well, skiing in Maine's going off right now. Um, we've got Saddleback back up and running, which is absolutely killer. Um, I don't know if anyone's been there yet, but it's absolutely worth the trip. Uh, they did a great job getting the place reopened. Um, the other thing that's kind of neat that's going on in Maine is uh, the uphill scene is blowing up. I was skinning up Burnt Mountain recently, Friday, I think, and I think I counted probably like 50 or so people going uphill. Um, that's a lot for around here, so that's pretty cool. Uh, something I don't dig is Bluetooth speaker guy that is two chairs ahead of me. Uh, that's all I got. Signing off from Timberline, Sugarloaf, USA. And on the continued theme of cancer sucking, shout out to Chris, who we just heard from there for putting together a really cool add-on to the Sugarloaf Charity Summit. was a pleasure to participate. Great job, man. Hello, Alex. Mike from North Lake Tahoe again. I think by calling in again, this makes me an official co-host of the show. Um, Love the voicemail format. The thing I dig the most right now are community media projects like wintry mix something i don't dig is uh people who drive into ski towns thinking that our grocery stores will be better off (laughs) as far as offerings go than what you have in san francisco you have better grocery stores in san francisco buy your food before you come up to lake tahoe it's just the right thing to do i don't want to have to choose between a moldy onion and a less moldy onion Thanks, everybody. Subscribe to Mountain Gazette. We're hearing word of breaking news out of Little Cottonwood Canyon. Alex, it's Lexi again. Um, I want to I want to let you know that my application to the very prestigious and exclusive Cottonwood Canyon, Little Cottonwood Canyon Country Club was approved today at approximately 10.43 a.m. Oh, I don't I don't have any words. 
how do you talk about skiing 60 inches after being interlodged for 60 hours? Uh, <laughs> what? It's an inch an hour, and I think we earned it. I've been seeing Little Cotton Canyon my whole life. My dad worked in the Snowbird Clinic for 24 years. We used to get called up on snow nights. They'd have to have essential medical personnel <laughs> up the canyon, and we'd go with my parents. So it's kind of a family tradition to uh, <laughs> interlodge. Um, I've never interlodged for 60 hours before. That's definitely new. And to commemorate this amazing experience, this incredible ski day, nobody can get up the road. There's probably a couple hundred people here. <laughs> I just saw the KSL news chopper flying over the the lift terminals. There's no line. It's so deep. I, there, I What do you say? There's nothing you can say. So uh, to commemorate this experience, I'm going to drop some paintings on my website of Alta. You can find me at kapowder.com. That's Kapow. Um, find me on Instagram or my website, www.kapowder.com. Uh, Friday, I think, I'll update the website with a painting to commemorate this amazing interlodge experience. And I, I don't, I don't know what to say. It's probably the best day of skiing I've had in my whole life. Thanks for coming along. Cheers. Although clearly there is more to ski patrolling than historic powder days at Alta. Hey, Alex, this is uh, Sam calling from Maine. I've uh, really been a big fan of the pod lately. I'm, I'm digging this new format. Um, one thing I love about skiing is, uh, is ski patrolling. And, uh, it's not because you get the jacket or, you know, like free food or uh, to, to see some, you know, help treat some pretty gnarly injuries, but I just love it because it's, uh, it brings together a really diverse group of people um, with different types of, you know, like political and religious backgrounds, and uh, everyone kind of puts those aside and shares a lot of skiing and helping others um, and uh, comes together to, you know, help out fellow skiers. Um, and COVID has been really rough to my patrol this year. Um, we lost our patrol director, you know, due to a, a disagreement with the the mountain owners and uh, general manager, and it started kind of a civil war that has mostly been resolved, thankfully. Um, so one thing I don't like about skiing is people who just get wasted in ski. Uh, we had a guy the other night with a head injury, um, except we didn't, we couldn't tell if it was a head injury or just, or just his intoxication because he admitted to drinking a uh, full bottle, full bottle of rum and a couple shots. Um, and I could tell by his equipment and what he was saying that he was not an advanced gear. Um, probably shouldn't have been doing anything. And the second thing I don't like is the National Ski Patrol podcast. I just listened to the first episode. It was complete, sorry, actually, I think it was a third. They interviewed a Schweitzer patroller. And it was complete junk. The host obviously is in the skier. Um, NFP, you guys can do better. Um, hire someone else to run that podcast for you and ask question, but I'll follow Steve Shore on it now, uh, if you're listening. Thanks again, Alex. Uh, keep it coming. Take us to the finish line, Lexi. Hey, Alex. It's Lexi again. So, Twitter told me to call you for a good time, and I just thought it would be rude to leave you without a happy ending, because today, today was a time to be alive. <laughs> today was actually my first big powder day of the season. And 
that's mostly because I have really low risk tolerance for COVID and I've done a pretty amazing job of just isolating myself um, from my friends and my beloved ski community up here in Little Cottonwood Canyon. And unfortunately, all of our powder days, nearly all, I suppose, um, in Utah this winter, they've, they've landed on Saturdays. And I just haven't felt comfortable dealing with that in terms of the crowds and the traffic. It's just no good. So I made the decision not to ski on weekends, um, which has been unfortunate for my powder skiing activities. But skiing Alta today just helped me remember what we've all been missing for 11 months now, just that feeling of togetherness and being a friendly to a stranger or rather than avoiding them because they might carry a contagious virus. Um, just having endured these 60 hours of mandatory interlodge and being up and out all together was just such a special feeling, and it helped me to remember the importance of community and, and togetherness, and it was just such a beautiful day. You can hear a pretty hoarse from scream laughing in the powder so long I don't... I've lost most of my voice. It was just, it was something. The snow is deep. I see my face off. I had brush tracks all day. And the experience of country clothing after such a long wait was, like, there's just no words for that. But I think what struck me most was the community aspect. And I'm just so excited to come together next season. And it, it just fills me with so much hope and anticipation for next winter. Um. All good things come to an end, and the road did finally open at around, like, 2.30, I think, and people started streaming up at 3 o'clock and sprinting for the lift, which was kind of amusing to watch. But anyway, thanks for riding this very long and turbulent interlodge roller coaster with me. I'm going to be dropping prints of Alta's most iconic powder run, High Boy, on my website soon. You can check it out at www.kapowder, that's K-A-P-O-W-D-E-R.com. I actually painted Alta with watercolors um, from snow that I melted from one of Alta's more memorable powder storms last winter. So it's a really special painting, and a portion of sales actually go directly to protect our winter. So head to my Instagram, Akapowder, um, if you want to see this painting. I really hope you like it. I'm painting every resort in... Yup, she hit the three-minute Google voicemail wall. Sorry, Lexi, continue. Oh, God, I'm really rambling, aren't I? Anyway, um, this is my paint by powder project. So I'm painting every resort, every ski resort in Utah with snow that I collect and melt from the actual mountain and then donate a portion of proceeds to protect our winners. So pow, pow can benefit from our snow melt. And there's definitely some metaphors in there that I'll dig into at a later point. But um, I'm starting my next resort soon and Alta is on my website. So I hope you check it out, and thanks for joining me on this Interlodge Odyssey. And it's fact time. Oh, you're a brand and about to send me an email about being interviewed on the podcast? Stop. Call the voicemail and be useful. It's not hard. It's the current format. Participate. Teach us something or bring us live into your world and we'll get exposed to your radness in the process. Or maybe your PR agency is only good at cold emailing huge lists. 
take the easy W and talk to a few thousand relevant humans. 802-560-5003. Theme music by Adam Levy. Toss me those five-star Apple Podcast ratings if you want to show that you care. You'll just be one day older when you do. Email me, alex, at wintrymixcast.com if you want to make a pitch or have an idea. And one last review of ways to voicemail. Something you dig and something you don't. Or some advice or a prediction or a trip recap or live from traffic, chairlift, skin track, or opera parking lot. Or even sell us something without being a douchebag. And it doesn't have to be about skiing or COVID. It just has to matter to you. Follow on Instagram at wintrymixcast or find the show on Facebook or Twitter. Want some stickers? Hit me up on the gram and I will send you some. Stick around for After the Beep. Goodbye. So the week this episode was released was also the week that um, Fish Radio on Sirius XM is airing a wintry mix version of their crowd control program. And here is the intro to that. Because it's a, I don't know, it's a story. Grab your gear and let's drop in. This is Alex Kaufman, currently of Golden, Colorado, originally of Burlington, Vermont. Uh, I am at fault for the Wintry Mix podcast, which was launched in partnership with Vermont Public Radio in 2015. What's next is the Wintry Mix podcast version of Crowd Control on Fish Radio Channel 29, Sirius XM. And I should probably just apologize. Not going to be all snow. A wintry mix is forecast for the listening area. Alex Kaufman, wintry mix, crowd control. Colder times are ahead, y'all, so this fan with a winter and skiing-themed podcast is here to walk you through a five-song set of wintry mix fishery. We'll hear picks from Sugarbush, Telluride, festivals, and more. Along the way, we'll see what I can remember starting in about 1991. Before we do that, let me boil down me for you. Born in 1979, it makes me 41, two kids, minivan, which I'm pumped about, actually. Love that thing. Career in the ski industry on both coasts from the 90s until 2010, now just a hobby podcast. It launched with help from Vermont Public Radio in 2015. Now, the family's in Golden, Colorado. Before we get to the tunes, and actually to lead into the first tune, I should recount how I was introduced to the band. It's 1991, and Picture of Nectar is not out yet, but they've been playing it on tour. But I'm 12, and in the midst of moving from Burlington to Boulder and still very in the dark, I was 12. Everything changed with a visit from my brother Sam, returning from college at Ithaca. He had tapes with strange music on them, because of course he did. Fast forward to that summer, and I was sent to a weird summer camp for learning, or maybe maybe my behavior, actually. The moment I got there... And the college-age counselors realized that a 12-year-old from Vermont and Boulder had fish bootlegs. Everything changed. 
I had a maybe normal camp experience, but with a strange side dish of all the counselors bribing me to get to borrow my Walkman so they could hear Ariba for the first time. At the end of the week, there was a talent show. Remember, I was almost 13 years old. I decided my talent would be jamming out very hard to Cavern in front of the whole camp. I submitted the proposal to whoever decides these things, but it was rejected. Literally everyone else's was approved. I was crushed and confused. So I went to the counselors that had been chugging my bootlegs, and they learned that it was rejected because of, quote, slithered with the bag. I didn't even know that lyric was in there or what it meant until they rejected me for it. The counselors promised to make my case to fix this because no one would catch the lyric anyway. They did, and it worked. They made my case, I mean. They didn't hear the lyric. I was approved to make the entire camp listen to Cavern while I just danced to it and they had to watch. I don't remember the fine details of the jam other than I was allowed to finish and only the counselors seemed in any way pleased. The whatever-you-do-take-care-of-your-shoes finish was very strong on, on my part. It was all very Napoleon Dynamite, where the audience was in my corner, but also sort of concerned for me. So let's head back to the motherland and the Mad River Valley on the lower slopes of Sugarbush at Mount Ellen for Cavern, July 16th, 1994. But no need to dance in front of an unsuspecting audience unless you want to. It's liberating. Actually, yeah, try it. I don't know. Was that a funny story? I guess I can give you one more highlight from the episode. Festival 8 wrapped up with what I think was my wife's first and only time hitchhiking. We nabbed a ride east from an I-10 on-ramp and then was brought on a long, strange tour of Southern California, which eventually got us within walking distance of LAX. I left a very early edition Ski the East hoodie in their car. Oh, well. But speaking of hitchhiking... My early years in Colorado featured a good amount of strategic hitchhiking to reduce miles driven and wear and tear on my car. Between Vail and Steamboat on 131 was a popular hitch. Into my later years, I've been unable to quit the habit of placing my car at a good place to hitch from. When it was time to get from Vermont to SPAC for night one by myself, it was time again. Drove myself to Fairhaven, parked the car at that McDonald's, and walked to the junction of 22A and Route 4 with sign in hand. Got picked up within minutes thanks to the heavy southbound flow from Burlington. All good, right? Well, no, I hadn't accounted for how much harder it would be to get back after the show on night one in the dark. I stood in the pedestrian flow coming out of the show, yelling with a sign, shouting, who's driving to Vermont? You are. Who's buying your gas? I am. But everyone replied with, sorry, man, we're not going back tonight. Because, of course, I was one of the few only catching the first night of the run. The crowd dissipated. My options shrunk. But I needed to get back in order to keep promises to my wife. She was coming for night two, and I was needed at home. So I walked east in the dark, tired from the show at about midnight without my back brace that I really should have brought because my back sucks. But then a ride. It wasn't to Vermont, but it was a car moving east away from the show, so I took it. Oops. The ride ended 20 minutes out of town by the Champlain Canal north of Schuylerville, or however you pronounce that, in the total darkness at about 1.30 a.m. There I stood for another hour, hoping a car from the show would miracle me. 
but I was in a 50 mile per hour zone near a canal in the dark. Frankly, I should have given up sooner, but what would giving up even mean at that point? After some consideration of how to fail effectively, I found an unlocked shed near the road that I would try to sleep in. And I did for maybe an hour. Then a fisher cat squealed super loud and it woke me up to make my next plan. Walk back towards the nearest town, maybe three miles south. When I got there, I walked into the steward's shop, looking like I had just been sleeping in a shed three miles away, and asked if I could pay the clerk $10 to be allowed to sit in a chair for a while. She told me to leave or she would call the cops. Understandable. I walked across the street, slept on a bench in front of the police station. When the sun came up, I got two northbound rides pretty quickly, but the second was from a prison guard who dropped me right at the turn for the Comstock prison. So that's where I need to get my last ride from. Great hitching zone. After walking far enough north, I got what I needed from a guy in a red convertible and a stylish headband blaring the Doobie Brothers. Taken to my truck and drove it the last 90 minutes back to home at the time in Royalton. But instead, it was daddy duty time. Could have been worse. In commemoration of that difficult night in a shed quite nearby Trey's life event location, we got to get on the road from Telluride in 2010. Okay, enough highlights from the Wintry Mix Crowd Control episode. If you are quick on this pod and you want to catch it on Fish Radio, it's airing Tuesday the 23rd at 7 p.m. Eastern and Saturday the 27th at 10 a.m. Eastern. And then it's gone forever.